One world, one world, one market, one market, one market. Greetings, members of the Planetary Union. I am Communications Officer Asimov, and I have been tasked with introducing this podcast to you. The recording you are about to hear is brought to you by Captain Greggy Hochstetler and First Mates Miranda Fisher, Tim Treese, and alien expert Dr. Kevin O'Brien. Follow at Official Orville on Twitter to see all information dispatches from the crew, and go to officialorville.space to leave a comment on an episode or find links to subscribe to the show or rate and review us on iTunes. The mission is to explore the space. This is the official The Orville Podcast. Goddamn, goddamn, maybe it's those thighs that kill me from time to time. I'm the only one that sends shivers up your spine. Oh, I know how you like it, and I know that you like to ride it. Hello, it is me, the actor who you like so much. I just wanted to say that I love your podcast, and it's better than all of the competitors, especially Planetary Union Podcast. Goodbye. Hello, all you aliens in the Planetary Union, and welcome to the official Yorville Podcast. I'm your podcast captain, Greggy, and with me is my co-captain and first officer, uh, security officer, Miranda. Miranda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for the warm welcome, Greggy, and uh, Alex Arbor Day to all the fans. Thank you. Yes, sometimes we forget about Alex Arbor Day, but it is very important um, to welcome the fans in that way. I just want to say, to me, every day is Alex Arbor Day. <laughs> that is true. That's really smart. Uh, I, I kind of feel like sometimes I get a little down, and I don't have that Alex Arbor Day spirit, but... I really appreciate you and your ability to, you know, do that every week, every day. Thank you so much. Um, also joining us is the uh, second first officer and uh, first mate and security office. No, not security. You're not security. Um, you would be a science officer, I think, probably. Uh, Mark is here. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome to the show to you, too. Well, thank you. Uh, now, this is technically your first time being on the show, but uh, you are a big Orville fan, right? I have been a big Orville fan and so excited for the show since it was first announced. Um, and I'm finally, I'm so excited to finally see an episode of it. <laughs> That's good to hear. So yeah, you are a science officer. Um, you know, like, what is your main science that you're the best at? Uh... I would say evolution, probably. Okay. Now, we don't want to get into that necessarily. We have our own ideas on that. But uh, I, I guess that's a good thing to uh, study, if that's what you feel like studying, whatever. Um, Kevin is supposedly coming at some point. So we may hear from uh, you know, our other science officer, alien expert, Dr. Kevin O'Brien. But uh, who knows? I don't really need him. That's true. We've got Mark now, uh, and Kevin has been kind of a drag. Pretty contentious uh, scientific issues tackled in this episode, so it might be good to have two Yeah, that's true. Points. This was true. an incredibly science-y episode. It was kind of like a uh, very dramatic episode as well, and I recently read this uh, article on Deadline Hollywood, 
Uh, because, of course, that is my homepage. I'm always, you know, opening my browser, checking out Deadline Hollywood. The uh, article is, The Orville Seth MacFarlane on Balancing Comedy, Drama, and Star Trek. Uh, yeah, he talked about how in season two, it's it's mostly a drama and not really uh, that many jokes in it. Okay, that actually makes a lot of sense based on this episode, yeah. I thought it was really funny, too, though. I mean, it's always always cracking me up, but this episode in particular had a lot of really good really good lines. Like when yeah, they, made like fun that, of, that. they made fun of maternity leave. That was cool. I liked that. <laughs> and like the bureaucratic, uh, you know, the things giving people rights for maternity leave and stuff like that. Like they, yeah. they aren't allowed to ask about it. Yeah. That was like, really funny, definitely. Yeah. And then there was that, like, well, I don't, we don't want to get to talking about the episode necessarily quite yet. Because right, right. I want to talk about this Deadline Hollywood article. Um, but that elephant guy, he was cracking me up. He was great. Oh, yeah. I have to wonder yeah. if he's going to become a permanent character. Well, he must. I think he's the new security guy now. Well, I read an article that said that the... Uh, security officer will be replaced by another young woman of the same race from the same planet. Okay, la la la, that's spoilers. We don't want to get to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry, I'm not... According to episode three, the story so far, that elephant guy is the new security officer. Well, they did and, make um... a, a point to say that he was temporary. Oh, yeah. okay. True. Yeah. I think they also, you know... Well, I don't, I don't want to get too into that episode. Never mind. Never mind. I'll wait until we talk about the episode. <laughs> Okay, well, let me let me just get through what uh, Seth had to say in this article. Um, he was speaking to, uh, doesn't have a byline, so he was speaking to somebody. Oh, no, Amanda Naduka. He said, when we began this, it was designed to be a little bit more of a hybrid, straddling the line pretty evenly between comedy and drama. Uh, that sounds about right. Uh, but he says, I've been a big sci-fi fan since I was a kid. I think secretly. Sorry. Yep. He's oh, been yeah. a big, he's been a big size thigh fan Sci thighs yes uh <laughs> he likes uh, a fan of of big size thighs <laughs> yes it's okay. interesting that Thank that's you. the way he answered this question about <laughs> yeah you, you know, know if you're gonna be that kind stuff. of uh you know if you're gonna be a big thighs fan pretty early in life <laughs> He also, there. Are, I gotta say, everybody I can think of in the cast is pretty, pretty slim thighed. Maybe except Bordis. Except who? I missed that. that oh, sorry, like Bordis. I feel like Bordis maybe has some, some big size thighs. But yeah. other than that, I guess that's what got him casted. Um, but actually, maybe not, because when I reread this sentence, it does say, "I've been a big sci-fi fan." So this. Big sized thighs. That might have just been oh. my own thing. Like okay. that was in my own brain. Classic projection. <laughs> yeah. He says, I think secretly that was the show I wanted to do, but I figured there's no way in hell anyone would swallow that from me. Um, so yeah, he just uh he uh sunk this uh comedy Star Trek thing past the uh executives at Fox just to get the show on the air. And then he did a bait and switch in season two to make it, uh, you know, just science fiction. I think he's selling himself short because it is also just still really funny. Yeah, I mean, 
and if if you just put like three jokes at the beginning and maybe one joke at the end uh well i guess in this one it was just like a big heart you know heart warming moment um mm. but you know just a few jokes if you just sprinkle those in there that's good enough for me i think there was a joke in the middle i'm pretty sure i remember one okay uh sure how sure are you <laughs> well i mean i don't have a whole lot of context i it seemed like a joke because it didn't make any sense. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like an Orville joke. Yeah, it also might be something that like might make sense to us because we've seen so well, many episodes. Yes, it may actually be a very dramatic thing to say, and I just don't have the uh, the background to to understand. But I, I don't want to jump ahead. It was it was in the middle of the episode. Okay. Okay, well, when uh, we get to it, will you let us know that that's what you were talking about? Yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, rounding out this article, and of course, it being an article, there's a lot more stuff in it, but I'm only reading the stuff that Seth MacFarlane says because I don't really care, um, you know, about yeah. any of the rest of it. But uh, yeah. he says, Star Trek was the first franchise to bring it to a point to reach the mainstream in such a massive way. I think he's talking about science fiction or something. I don't know. But in, in many ways, it does have ownership on this idea of a captain on a bridge of his starship instead of a sailing ship. But it's become the convention. You can't help but go there if you're doing this type of show. You just try to start by learning from what your predecessors have figured out and then take it off in its own direction. And absolutely, yes. Bravo, Seth. You have. This is entirely different from Star Trek. Like, I barely even know what that show is about. I just like how he says this type of show as though this is like a super common show type when it's not, it's not just like a bunch of different Star Treks and then Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. It's Star Trek and then it's the Orville. And then I guess there are a few, but they are also just trying to be Star Trek. I think. Like what? Well, <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, maybe. Yeah. Like Battlestar Galactica that's a star trek yeah no <laughs> i don't think so now you got me confused it has star in it i'm pretty mm. sure oh yes that does make sense actually yeah and uh what was the other one there was one like called andromeda and it had the hercules guy in it but andromeda oh, is just another star yeah. Something ba babylon 5 is that a star trek show or is that its own show it sounds like Star Trek. Yeah, you could persuade me either way. Sounds like the prequel to uh, Deep Space Nine. So I right? Think yeah, five, it's four before nine. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know. I don't don't quote me on that. I can't be sure. Tim isn't here, but that does sound right to me. <laughs> yeah, we lost our numbers guy. He's dead. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this week we watched The Orville Season 2, Episode 3, Home. I like being home. Yeah, you know, exactly. We haven't, yes, it's been so long. Yeah. It was like, you know, slipping into your home, you know, a warm, uh, inviting place that we loved. And then immediately going to a cabin, uh, to a beach house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Vaca it should have been called Vacation Home. So that's where it did take place. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a little bit of punch up. I'm writing that down. We can send that to Seth later. 
I don't know. He <laughs> has for the, over the episode titles. That might be something that gets like handed down from the suits. Yeah, because they didn't do the right thing and call it Vacation Home. So I, I uh, assume Seth did not have control over that. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, the basic gist of this episode is Alara, um, we know her to be so, so big and strong, uh, but she stops being very strong and um, she like gets her arm broken by Isaac when they're doing uh, arm wrestling and she's just weaker than usual. Uh, Dr. Finn says... The reason why is because you have to go back to your home planet where the gravity is strong. And uh, so she goes back home and there's uh, some crazy stuff happens there with guns and stuff. And then she decides she doesn't want to be on the show anymore. Um, but we're, we're now we'll go part by part. I mean, I, I don't want to jump ahead, but that is the gist of this episode. Yeah, um, it sounds like. Sounds like we got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to just call it there? I mean, we could. <laughs> It, it seems weird to me that they have so many arm wrestling matches between Isaac and Alara. Like, Isaac is a robot. It seems like he would always be the same amount of strong. Like, why would they need to, like, arm wrestle 30 times? I, I wonder the same thing. Like, once you arm wrestle someone, you know who's stronger. Why, why are they so evenly? It seems like... It's not like a on the day, like, oh, today is that's just a bad arm wrestling day. Like, it's just a direct measurement of strength. I, I also was thinking a lot about how she seemed like she didn't want to do it at all. <laughs> how, <laughs> how inappropriate it was. And I was just imagining her, like, writing to HR and being like, my coworkers keep forcing <laughs> me to arm wrestle a robot. Um, I don't want to do it. Can they, like, is this legal? Yes, that's a good point. Like, all these men are gathered around her and, like, cheering, yeah, do it. Screaming at her. <laughs> <laughs> They're betting on it and everything. Yeah. Well, then she broke her arm. Yeah, she busted her arm. Seems like a pretty big deal. Oh, well, well, well. Look who we have here. Hello. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we have... The science officer himself, Mr. Dr. Kevin O'Brien, alien expert. Kevin, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, my personal ship. Uh, I don't, I, I don't, uh, I hope you don't mind. I left it uh, right out front here. I just parked <laughs> anywhere out front. <laughs> yes. Park it anywhere. On the, on the driveway, the only place that would be actually be okay to park. <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's a, the world is one big driveway. Life is a driveway. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I want to drive it all night long. It's true. That's why he wrote that song. Yeah. Now, Kevin, we already we already talked about the Deadline Hollywood piece, of course. Uh, oh, so okay. now we just started talking about um, the episode. We, we were talking about how Alara got her arm broke in the re arm wrestling match. The part where they, like, forced them like gladiators <laughs> to battle for their pleasure. That part? <laughs> yes, good call. That's pretty much what R Miranda just said. She was like, uh, Alara should have been calling HR about that. Afterwards. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. <laughs> good, good point, Miranda. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. I was gonna uh, say that we didn't really need you to be here because we have another science guy, but it turns out that I'm glad you're here to tell me <laughs> when I make good points. Well, um, right now I'm doing the science of compliments, and I think you're doing great. Oh, thank you. Wow. 
And I'll ignore the other part about you saying how he does. You don't really, <laughs> really need me. So yeah, she gets her arm broken. Uh, Doctor Qu- or Doctor Finn. I always keep trying to call her Doctor Quinn. It's been too long since we've been on. Yeah, the um, medicine woman. <laughs> that's yes, why the medicine confusing. woman. Yeah. <laughs> the medicine woman. Mark. Yeah. <laughs> They're called doctors. This is your science guy. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's called a doctor. <laughs> Yeah, Dr. Finn was able to fix her broken arm, like, immediately. But she says the the gravity of the Orville is uh, making her weak now. Um, her bone density, her muscle mass, I mean, she looked the same to me. But her muscle mass apparently was down, like, 40%. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, and I'm sure their muscles work differently. So that's why it's not something you can see physically. It's yeah. something like, it's like an internal, it's kind of like almost a feeling, like you feel strong, you are strong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at this point, I wrote down, um, they obviously have fake gravity on the ship. Why don't they just make her quarters, like, have stronger gravity? Uh, so I just wanted to talk to you guys as the science officers. Like, why is that not possible? <clears throat> Mark, yeah. go ahead. I have, a, I, have a, I have a pre-question for that. We did that. That was the solution at the end of the episode they came up with. Yeah, that's well, true. They had to use the... Um, uh, this name always escapes me. I want to say holodeck, but... Uh, gosh, what are they called? Simulation room? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, they have to do it within that. Two hours a day. And you have to understand, it's going to be pretty painful. Um, we'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah. <clears throat> but... They couldn't do it in her room because, oh boy, the, if Tim was here, he could run the numbers because science and math are kind of closely related. So I have the science here, and I just needed to be verified with the math. So yeah. without Tim here. <laughs> Maybe next episode, if Tim can actually be bothered to show up, we can ask him about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Miranda, you said you had another question related to it? I had a, a kind of like a pre-question for that, which was going to be, Kevin, did you watch this episode? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I was just, just Why? checking. I thought maybe you didn't have time. You're a busy guy. You know, you got a lot of stuff going on. Well, today was really busy, but I managed to squeeze in a good 48 minutes for the Orville. Thank you so much. <laughs> I just want to thank you for prioritizing um, us in that way. Yeah, well, you're welcome. And, you know, obviously I spent two hours before the episode on my prayer rug, just like... <laughs> Like with the, my big sculpture of Seth in front of it, and I was kind of, you know, again mentally prepared. So it was three hours actually out of the day that I set aside. Oh, and then my, I, I had my one hour come down, uh, of course. <laughs> For Alara's, you know, safety and well-being, uh, they decide she has to go back to Salea for a while. And of course, you know what I'm thinking: finally, vindication. Like we don't want Alara to be gone. But we've been saying for so long, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Um, but this episode, it just kept faking us out. Like, I kept thinking, yes, this is going to be it. But uh, it, it kept seeming like it was going to come back around. When, when they go to Salea, uh, Gordon is really horny for the planet Salea. He loves that planet. I didn't really get that. <laughs> that was my joke. That was the middle of the episode joke that I found. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, could you explain it to us, Mark? Oh, not at all. I only assumed it was a joke because it made no sense based on anything that had happened previous. But for him to say, I really love this place, it's so beautiful, 
it always reminds me, what did he say, of what a piece of shit I am? Yeah. To that effect. And so I thought, I guess just a non sequitur is a joke. I mean, well, you could, I guess you could just show the ship flying through and, you know, them kind of looking at this new planet. But then, you know, that's easy filmmaking. You know, that's easy to just show that. But kind of let the writers have a little fun, throw a little how, joke in there. How beautiful it was if someone on screen didn't describe it as it was visible to us. Yeah, yeah that's true. Like when Alara is on the, oh gosh, I want to say horse, but it's not a horse. The Evik, I'm going to go go ahead and say that's what it's called. When she's riding on that on the beach, I was really hoping we could just kind of see like, uh, you know, how in Star Wars, they're like the ghosts of Obi-Wan, like kind of do like a ghost of Gordon over it. Be like, this is really beautiful. That's <laughs> what you're looking at right here. Just so I could understand uh, the beauty of it. But yeah, it's a it's a great planet. Um, it seems they took a lot of inspiration from uh, a very nice city, London. I see lots of things that remind me of the Shard, which is an iconic building, uh, like a triangle, uh, just sticking out of the ground. <clears throat> and then, of course, they drew some inspiration from uh, the stacks in Ready Player One as the, but kind of a, kind of a more uh, you know upscale stacks with a bunch of uh, houses on top of each other in the hillside. Um, yeah. yeah. Hate to be the bottom house, you know, shit runs downhill. <laughs> but then again, we don't know what a Salaam plumbing system is like. Mm. We probably wouldn't even be able to conceive of it. It's got to be so much more advanced than ours. Well, they're really smart. This is a very interesting par- uh, part about this race of aliens is that they're really smart, but if they're not smart enough, they leave the planet and go be strong. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're all very strong, but they don't notice it because their planet is so, the gravity is so high. Yes. And that's kind of something we all can do. Next time you're feeling weak, just imagine yourself on a much smaller, on the moon or something, yeah. <laughs> lifting up a big old uh, the car. <laughs> Okay, I'm imagining that I'm on the moon lifting up a big old car. Yeah, and just for comedy, let's let's say you're lifting up a Saturn. Uh, okay, you know, okay, okay, I get it. Yes, or maybe a Mercury. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now I'm laughing, but yeah, I'm and, and normally when you're laughing, your 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 muscles get weaker, but you're actually you can hold it no problem. Oh. You're okay, and why am I imagining this? Um, just if you're ever feeling weak, just imagine that. Oh, if, if I'm feeling, feeling weak, imagine being imagine strong. being strong. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so they, they go there. Uh, Gordon is going to take, Gordon and the captain are going to take Alara to the planet in a shuttle. Um, they have a gravity shield on the shuttle. It seems though they can maybe uh, monkey with that a little bit for us, uh, Alara. You know, just go in there. But <laughs> I don't know. Of course, it's something they can only do in the simulation room. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they take her down. Uh, the captain is in a, a big suit that uh, makes the gravity okay for him. Uh, that made me think like it. It has a very big like timer on it, and it made me think something <laughs> was going to happen there. <laughs> 
<laughs> but nothing did. They just dropped her off and and took off. Uh, the captain says, uh, "Your your daughter has done great things in the military," uh, which made me think the Orville is in the military, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. they're all called captain and other stuff. So. Yeah. I guess they're technically fighting against the krill, but they don't do a lot of military kind of stuff. Well, that's why you have a big military, so you prevent, you know, it's uh, peace through strength. You prevent there needing to be battles mm-hmm. by. Oh. Yeah, your your sphere of influence. Uh, you know, you got to have your your post throughout the galaxy to kind of you know let anybody know if they're thinking like just join us, right? Don't mm-hmm. don't start your own thing. That's what the krill did. And, well, krill get yeah, killed. <laughs> so I haven't seen any other episodes, but I did read that that was the first sort of space suit, or they called it an environmental suit, that they've shown on the on the Orville in in the entire run of the show. Which is pretty mm. impressive uh, practical effect thing they must have done. Yeah, I don't know if you knew this about. The Orville, Mark, but <laughs> the effects team really knows how to stretch a dollar. Mm-hmm. Thing cost a dollar. I am impressed because it, <laughs> it looked like a real space suit. Buddy, it's one dollar for the whole show. <laughs> so that suit, they may have stretched, I don't know, like a penny. It probably got to be less than that. Yeah, yeah. They're stretching like micro transactions. Yeah. They got to be planning for a couple hundred episodes total. Mm-hmm. That's less than one cent per episode. And then you got mm-hmm. other stuff going on in this episode. So That's true. But then you have to understand that they can reuse something. Sometimes, like, yeah. you, you spend one penny on the ship, right? That's okay. Okay. So maybe on, like, episode oh, yeah. thir- 33, you, you actually only spend, like, a, uh, like 0.003 cents and then uh, so on and so forth. I don't know how they pay the actors, really. But, uh, yeah. Well, that, yeah, you could see how they, they could probably reuse some of the parts of that suit for stuff in the future like the timer could become uh, alarm clock yeah (laughs) yeah 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 that timer i was thinking for a second now look we don't know this planet is that the clock is that how time works there so i was just thinking maybe time goes faster i'm not sure so uh but either way good to have a really big readable um very big numbers so your your thing is the local time was fifty nine fifty nine and it counted down. Yeah, well, like I said, you don't know this planet. They don't give you a whole lot, and then we go to this beach resort. So, yeah. like, and you know, then you're on island time. So who knows really what <laughs> what it is? Yeah, you're probably right. There's a big old moon or something on the beach. You know, I don't know how it works. It's actually possible that shit runs uphill because we the only thing we really know <laughs> yeah. is that they have crazy gravity. Uh-huh, that's true. Alara's parents are, are a big nightmare. They they kind of seem like they hate her, kind of. Yeah. Oh, um, I just... Uh, sorry. Mark, you're talking about shit, right? And we talked about the, the sewage system. It just makes me wonder... Uh, so this... Uh, so the poo of a Salayan... Is very. It must be very strong. Either that, or it comes out like with a lot of weight on it, a lot of force. Yeah, I would think the gravity would compact it, so it would come out like a like a BB, like a tiny yeah. 
Yeah. Like a pellet. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to write this down and uh, we'll, we'll ask Seth about this as well. Yeah, like, okay. What is, what is Alaris shit like, especially on our planet? <laughs> But then also, and then she gets to the. That would be so weird for her if it was normally like a pellet, and then she goes back to Earth gravity. Uh Yes, huge. It's probably really yes, yes. Orville Knights. We'll see. (laughs) Miranda, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, no, no. (laughs) Oh, that makes you comfortable. We can talk about like how her dad's. Is if you want to talk about a lot, if it's is it like because it's Alara or dad's dick? <laughs> is that no? I didn't say that. No, <laughs> that's what you Why said. You oh. What did you say? I said it, we could talk about her dad, like her, what her dad's poo or her mom's poo is like. If it's like Alara that you have the problem with, oh, but I genuinely thought that you said we can talk about how her dad's dick is. We we t- we well, can maybe talk-, we'll talk about. That. <laughs> I mean, is that a pellet? I don't know. Maybe it's it's normal size, but then when you get it on Earth gravity, you know. Yeah, yes. I wonder. Okay, I I don't want to get too body here, but like, uh, what- look, Tim's not here. This is the time for it. <laughs> <laughs> if like a guy goes, a Salian guy goes to Earth gravity. Like, what is a, a boner like? Does it, like, spring up too fast? Does it, like, uh, sprain yeah. something in there? Could you kill somebody? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should ask, like, astronauts that have gone to space, like, what it's like when they get a boner in space. <laughs> when they yeah, come home. Anybody they... <laughs> got a couple signs? Oh, no, wait, that doesn't make sense. That's the opposite. When they come home to their wives, they must be like... <laughs> <laughs> What is this? I don't know what the relationship's like. Probably more healthy than that. <laughs> yeah, so Alara's parents, they, they love her sister more than her uh, because her sister is, like, going to school or something. What is she doing? She was at the lab. I know that much. So okay. probably a scientist. Yeah, a scientist. Uh, I think on Salea, they look down on the military, right? That's what it is? Mm-hmm. Jarheads. That's what they call them. Oh, I, I missed that part. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> it's on the tip of the dad's tongue. Oh, by the way, uh, Alara's dad is played by a big Star Trek guy. I don't have his name written down or anything, but he was the doctor on Star Trek Voyager. Uh, so, like, Seth is kind of pulling these people in as a wink. Maybe... Um, you know, like as a favor even to them for kind of inspiring him a little bit for the Orville and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is that show still running, Voyager? Oh, no, no, no. It's long canceled. Mm. Figures. <laughs> uh, then we, back on the Orville, we finally meet the elephant guy. Uh, now, I didn't double check this, but I think that was played by Patrick Warburton. Did, did anybody else... Uh... Uh, is that the guy who does Joe? Joe? Joe on uh, American Dad? or I mean, uh, Family Guy? Oh, yes, yes. Okay. That's, uh, how, I, that's how I know people. That's how I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was definitely Patrick Warburton. Okay. Sometimes these aliens on here, Kevin, I just don't mm. understand them. 
So he's yeah. got a big elephant tusk or uh, elephant trunk that goes from his mouth to his stomach. So he has two esophagus, as he says. Mm-hmm. He can swallow like an, a normal person, and it goes down like normal. But then he can also swallow where it goes up through the trunk, I guess. Yeah, and he doesn't. I mean, I don't remember him talking about his stomach being very good. Did you hear any? Of, did you guys hear any of that? Because it seems like. He just has two ways to get food in his stomach. He said they uh, have fast metabolism. So oh, okay. I, I don't know if that extends to digesting food twice as fast, but... Yeah, I guess sometimes the, you know, like one spot's like, you know, backed up a little, or, uh, you know, sort of traffic jam. And because uh, I kind of see the body as like a big... The body's like a highway uh, or whatever, a big road. Yeah. Like a driveway. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Looking at IMDb, that was Patrick Warburton as Lieutenant Tharl. And uh, Robert Picardo is uh, Ild- Ildis Kitan, Alara's dad. Captain Picardo. Yes. Ah. <laughs> His name is a little tip of the hat. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, he's uh, eating on the bridge. He sounds gross. And he's got these two esophaguses, so he can just pound food down. He's probably going to be eating all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel so sorry for Captain Orville. Yeah, it sucks that this guy exists because he's just really kind of bothering uh, all the people that I love. And I don't know this guy really, and <laughs> he's just being annoying to them. I don't care about him or his green food. And I think we all can agree on that right now. Uh, yeah, I know that I've been at work with people who eat weird food and like smack their lips when they're eating, and it drives me nuts. I'm like, uh, just get out of here. Yes, and that's in the lunchroom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine if it was by your desk? I can't even. No, I can't even imagine. imagine it. That's what they're dealing with right now. Yeah. Well, if they told him to get out of here, it's outer space. Yeah, why don't uh, why doesn't uh, Captain Orwell just say, "Dude, get out of here"? Um, <laughs> just be straight with him. This is kind of so, uh, something that I wish you would do more often. Just be straight with people. Sorry. Yeah, yeah as a captain, you, you'd hope that he would not beat around the bush and be like awkward with someone. Just mm-hmm. say what's on your mind. You're the captain. You can tell him to leave. Yeah, but then you want everybody to like you, right? True. I mean, I do, but that's, I'm not the captain of a spaceship. Yeah. I do worry with his fast metabolism. Like, he has to be eating so much of the time. Like, he would not be able to actually get a job done uh, well, he did if he say left he likes the bridge every time he... Yeah. Or, sorry, work through, eat, work through his lunch. So, mm-hmm. that must be how he, how he overcomes that. They asked him what he was eating, and he said stew. It sounded like, like crunchy in some way. Of course, a lot of times when I'm watching the show, I, I don't actually look at it. I just listen to it. So I never actually looked at the food. Uh, but yeah, he said it was stew. I don't know. Greggy, I don't know what to tell you there. <laughs> my, hands are, my hands are up in the air and I'm saying, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so back on the planet, some crazy, funny game shit is going on. There is some kind of a crime in the neighborhood, and Alara is going into uh, security officer mode. She's, like, trying to solve this crime. Um, the the uh, neighbors come over uh, that have been—their house has been broken into, and uh, they had dinner with them. But then they 
<laughs> the dad is making this uh, <laughs> boiling sauce, and uh, the, the neighbor says, uh, don't use that spoon to give me well, some yeah, of this sauce. Yeah, this is the big turn of the episode, because everything was cool up until this moment. And before, I, I, you, I feel like you kind of rushed through that, and I understand why, because, like, who cares? But <laughs> <laughs> there was... There was the shot on the beach. There's a lot. There's a, there's a lot there. You know, Alara sees a light from far away. Jeez, uh, oh, there's some. Investigated the real estate guy's house, and we never found out what happened to him. Oh no, we did find out what happened to him. Okay. <laughs> I, was, yeah, he's... I was looking at the TV. Did so did something bad happen? Yeah, he was like dead under a bush. They ended oh, up. Oh, I missed that part. He, yeah. Yeah. The, well, I mean. Basically, just to dig into it a little bit deeper, they go to this island to escape to get Alara healthy. Uh, I guess they, I guess everybody's rich there or something, or uh, not everybody's rich, but everything's good. Um, and they have this island that everybody goes to, but it's the off season, and I don't know, but it's nice out, so I don't really know <laughs> what the off season is. That that part threw me off a little. Like it's gorgeous. Uh, looks like perfect weather. I don't. If that's the off season, I, I want to know what the on season's like. <laughs> it might be because of hurricanes. I know in the Caribbean, the off season is is hurricane season. Oh, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> Mr. Meteorologist here has shut me up. <laughs> is Miranda okay? <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She she says she's, I don't know if I got mu- muted or what, but I'm yelling, can you hear me? And no one is responding. <laughs> I'm assuming you're not just ignoring me, <laughs> but who knows? Oh, no, Miranda, we're not ignoring you. You just can't hear you for some reason. Hmm. Oh, my God. There we go. Uh, uh, okay, I unplugged my headphones, which had been working well before, but then stopped. Oh, weird. Uh, I, it was literally like 15 minutes of me just like trying to say stuff and I thought you guys uh, were just ignoring me. Yeah, we were... <laughs> like, well, I know it wasn't that funny, but you could have like acknowledged <laughs> that said something. You know, I thought there was... Uh, I thought something... I thought maybe you stepped away to make a drink or something. I was like, I don't want to bring it up and, uh, you know, but yeah. Yeah. So what did we What did we miss that... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, say say some of your good comments. And oh edit. man, it <laughs> was so funny. In. You guys would have loved it so much. It's not really gonna like work out of context, but yeah. just imagine that I said just like the funniest thing. Oh man! Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh. Yeah. So good. Yeah. You shouldn't you shouldn't go there in this climate, but it was good. <laughs> it was a good one. Miranda, what did you think about uh? What did you think about? Alara's security work in in solving this mystery here. I thought it was great. I loved how the big message of the episode was that she mm-hmm. isn't smart and her value comes from being strong even <laughs> though every other being on her planet is as strong as she is. Yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm beginning to question if anyone on that planet is even smart um because well, I mean, I don't know if we're there yet, uh, so I'll save it for a bit. But I'll, I'll say that the security work you said it was good, but then 
there's two people in her house holding them at gunpoint. I don't, I wouldn't feel very safe at that point. And she got him. Well, yeah, eventually, uh, one scolding hand later. <laughs> Maybe she was like trying to let her dad go through a little pain because he was kind of yeah. her earlier. Yeah. Pain is their greatest teacher. Uh, it's true. <laughs> well, there was also a pretty critical intervention by Captain Orville who arrived at just the right time to distract. Yeah, that's true, yeah. too. So I'm not sure what the message is there. Well, that's just kind of what he does. <laughs> yeah, so at first when the guy wanted him to stick his hand into the pot, I was like, I was not sure if that's something uh, Salayans can do. <laughs> like, I, I didn't realize until he actually like pulled the gun or whatever and made him do it that... And did sorry, did we get a shot of the pot beforehand? Because up until then, I didn't even know it was like a hot pot or anything like that. Well, they mentioned it was boiling, but yeah, they did show like a brief second of it really boiling a lot, which yeah, not. I don't know. I I don't usually serve sauce while it is <laughs> furiously boiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He should have asked like. Can I turn it off? Like, what are the rules here of this? That I, I know I have to serve it with my hand, and I will. But can I turn it off? Let it sit for a second? Can I throw some ice cubes in it first? What are the, what are the rules? You got to ask these kind of things because, you know, you never know. They might be a little lenient on that. They're like, okay, you caught me in a, in a logic flaw in, my, in what I said. Yeah, the guy pulled the gun on him, made him do it. Uh, he, he burnt his hand all up. Uh, and it turns out the reason why is because their son killed himself because he was like an anti-vaxxer. And uh, Alara's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dad like uh, totally like just ruined him in the scientific journals, which on Soleil, of course, is, is a big thing because everybody is so smart. Mm-hmm. So um, smart. And yet when they're whole, <laughs> so basically they, they want him to like make an announcement to the planet that, he was wrong and his son was right. And he yeah. says, if you don't do it, I'm going to shoot your daughter's head off, right? And yeah. he's like, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. And Lolara goes, no, if you kill, if, if you do it, then he has no reason to keep us alive. And the guy goes, ah, very clever. <laughs> really got me. How about I cut off one of her fingers instead? And he's like, no, 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 I'll do it. And I'm like, okay. So then you're going to do it, and then they're going to kill you. I don't know. These people are stupid. Why would he say, like, no, I'm just going to shoot your daughter. I'm going to blow her head off, and then now make the – do it. Like, make the announcement, and then, and then you know, I'll kill you, the rest of you. Or, or I'll... It might seem stupid to us, but that's because we're so stupid that we don't understand advanced Salayan logic. They're, like, 35 steps ahead of us. They're playing a different game than we are. Anything that happens – on that planet and we're like well, that doesn't make any sense it seems like somebody didn't really like think this through and they just kind of wrote down the first thing that popped into the it's it's our fault i think that might be the gravity sickness talking miranda when he said he would go ahead and make the announcement after uh he was going to chop the other the sister's finger off then he was like well no i'm going to chop the finger off anyway because i want you to feel the I guess the same pain of having one of your children get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very inconsistent ransom holding. Yeah. He's, they're not good. You can tell, well, you can tell they're, they're new at this. Uh, That's they're not, prob- they're no Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. yeah. 
They're probably it's just that they're out of their their normal area of expertise. Yeah. And you have to imagine once he puts out that statement and then he, he and his entire family is like murdered. Like somebody else is going to look into this, uh, this kid's, uh, <laughs> you know, study or whatever, and, and maybe do the math again anyway. I don't know. It's, it's the off season. So no <laughs> one's there. And, you know, I, I hate to go back to this, Miranda. I don't know if you have any funny off season jokes, but I was going to say like, maybe everyone there is uh, like, Maybe they play sports there. Maybe there's a big... <laughs> they mention everybody's on the beach with umbrellas. So I'm guessing there's some sort of organized beach umbrella league. And during the regular season, everybody's there. During the off-season, they all leave. And they go back to their summer homes or whatever. That makes sense. <laughs> and, that's, and that's just fun to think about. In a way, I think the guy's plan was more just murder them all. And mm-hmm. and the, the statement was kind of maybe a secondary thing. I wonder why he had to kill the real estate man. I, I'm inter- I would be interested to explore that a little more. I wish they had gone into it. Yeah, why was why were they out at that island to why kill him? Rent a house in the normal way. Like he's a real estate guy. I'm sure he would rent them a house. And why was he in their bushes? <laughs> he's yeah. in the, he's in their bushes. And uh, they, they do a really funny, like when, they, when the dad jumps off the side of the, uh, or falls off the side of the house, and he lands in the bushes, and he looks over and he sees the dead guy. They, they, they're on the dad, they pan to the body, and then they pan to the like, dad, like, ah, and he gets away. And then they do a quick little, like, one back more of the body, like, yeah, yeah, you really are seeing this. He's really dead. Your favorite character has died. <laughs> You know, that's the kind of show that the Orville is. Like, you never know what's going to happen. They might just throw off a beloved character just like that. Yeah. Well, it's very Game of Thrones-like. I've been saying this. He takes a lot of inspo from, from uh, George. I think uh, Gott is inspired by the Orville. Yeah, that's true. It's true. You can't argue with it. Facts don't care about your failings. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, y- you find usually the, the episodes are a lot tighter um, on the episodes where it's more Seth-centric. And uh, these secondary characters, I think they just don't have, you know, the, the gravitas of Seth to be able to say, no, 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 this doesn't make sense. We got to fix it. But then on the other hand, it's it's just another symptom of, the Orville is so good, you really need to watch each episode two or three times to get everything straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll notice, if you, if you watch this episode again, you notice that this is a very bone-crush-heavy uh, episode. There's mm-hmm. a broken arm and two broken legs, and you can just tell that they were like, we got this fucking Foley guy, he's amazing. He can do a bone-crush <laughs> sound like no other. Like, what are we doing? Break some bones on this episode. Yeah, I think the problem was they spent so much of their budget on celery for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> they had to keep using it. And celery, I mean, it's like a dollar for stock. So <laughs> just imagine. <laughs> they must have got a deal. Yeah, they must know a guy. They must have a guy. Well, you, if you buy celery and it still has some of the roots at the bottom, 
of of the stock, you could actually plant yes, it. Yes, this is true. Oh, that's a little life hack. Mm-hmm. So it's so who knows? Maybe this is like hundred year old celery that they're cracking. Yeah, they could be. They could actually be making back some money selling celery on the side. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good tongue twister. If a Salayan sold celery by the seashore, how how many dollars would the Orville make? It's a riddle and a tongue twister. Okay, so back on the Orville, uh, Dr. Finn and John Lamar have come up with a great solution where they make the gravity very strong on the uh, simulation room. Uh, it's got to be there for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> this, and, this is pissing you off, I guess. <laughs> But they're not answering their phone down there on Solea. So uh, Captain Orville hops in the shuttle again. He goes back down. And finally, we get the payoff on that clock on his suit. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, last time he had an hour in the suit. This time it seemed like he only had like three minutes. I don't know why. Because he got shot. Oh, that's what happened. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So so the the suit knows how much uh, time it has left. It's like, I am failing, Captain, but I, <laughs> you have three minutes remaining. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he kind of saves the day. Like, he doesn't actually do anything, but he does give a distraction so that uh, Alara is finally able to, I guess she's strong enough now she's able to get off her chair and uh, beat up these guys and, you know, uh, get the guns from them and stuff. Yeah, and... So much of strength just comes from believing in yourself and believing that you can do it. Yeah, I didn't think that before watching this episode, but I really learned that lesson from what happened with Alara. Mm. Well, I didn't think that until until Kevin started making me do all these like thought exercises earlier. Yeah. Oh, if I'm the one making you do the thought exercise, you're not in the show because those should kind of be sparking off. Well, maybe it's subconscious and you're just... Ha- you, you're made just... Do, you made me do other thought exercises. You made okay, me do okay. Yes, that's good. And your brain must be strong. Alara <laughs> uh, managed to uh, inspire her dad, who for some reason really did not believe that he could drag Captain Orville to the ship. <laughs> yes. And all she had ever wanted from him her whole life was for him to just say that he believed in her and he never would do it. And then he couldn't even drag a guy to the ship and she told him that she believed in him. And she also says, I don't, my legs are going to give out. She's like, I can't do it, dad. Because uh, my legs are going to give out if I do it. So you got to do it. And I don't know. She seemed fine for a little while afterwards. Uh <laughs> It seemed like that was maybe more just like a thing for her dad to do. Like, you know, I know I could do this. I could shoot this guy in the back, jump down and save Seth. Uh, But wouldn't it be cool if you did it, dad? And, um, you know, so she made up this fake story about her legs giving out. And, uh, you know, then he got to be the hero. Uh, I mean, look, Seth, he he crushed two of his legs. But, you know, her dad feels so much better now for being a hero. Yeah, and I mean, if you're if you're shelling out the bucks for a Robert Picardo, you want to give him some business. You want to give him something to do. Yeah, yeah, give him like a mangled hand and have him drag a body. You know, 
Oh, yeah, I forgot that he had to do it with his hand all fucked up. Jeez, he's stronger than I thought. Well, I, I thought it fucked up. Did they make that clear? Yeah, from the soup or the sauce. But, like, is it going to stay like that? Or do they have, like, special healing properties? No, oh, he's... Sure. Well, this, it's actually... I, don't, I hate to break... I, I don't know if you guys know this, but that sauce is, like, permanent. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. You can't do it. Once you get that sauce on you, it's staying. Oh, oh that is a really dangerous food that they... No, know. his hand His hand is fine. I don't know, sorry. His hand is fine, but it has oh. sauce all over it. Oh, okay. Forever. That's why he kept screaming. He was like, ah! <laughs> it's so gross! <laughs> Wait, is it just like a stain, or is it like the sauce is stuck to it? It's well, most of the sauce runs out, so it's kind of just like a discoloration. Like if you have like a tomato stain on your shirt or something like that. But man, ugh, can you imagine that? Ooh. And yeah. but but I mean that's after. But at the time, yes, like you're saying, when he was climbing off the side of his house, he couldn't use his other hand because he had sauce all over his house. And then he's got <laughs> you can't get that sauce out. When they yeah. when they eat it. Does it, does it oh, stay? Oh, God. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's weird. They're aliens. I, aliens are weird, Miranda. <laughs> I don't know if you figured this one out, but they're I'm weird. Learning, I'm learning that from this show and from you. Thank you. I remember one detail about the sauce uh, where he had to plunge his hand in the sauce because the guy wanted to, didn't want him to serve it with the ladle. Was uh-huh. the after he did stick his hand in and scream in pain, he then did try to serve the sauce <laughs> to the plate. <laughs> the guy like held it his wasn't just down. about it wasn't just about the torture and the pain. He actually he was, <laughs> I still do want the sauce. <laughs> it's good shit. It's it's it stains and it's a mess, but it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Alara's dad finally shows her some appreciation, like uh, as I respect what you do, kind of. Um, and that really meant a lot to Alara. I think that was the first time her dad has ever been nice to her. Yeah, and I think the first time anyone in her family was nice to her was earlier when I think her sister said when they were on their way to investigate the the realtor's house, uh, it, she said something on the on the way over like. Hey, I know everyone else thinks that you're fucking trash and you suck, but I think you can't really help it, and it's not your fault. <laughs> and she's like, "Wow!" And she kind of gives her like a look, like, "Thanks, sis," but I don't know if you, I don't know if you know what that meant. Uh, actually, she doesn't give her that look, but she should have. <laughs> well, there's an interesting message in that too, of like the the part about um, well, you know, some people value being smart. But there's value in being strong, and, and that's what you went for. And then she said, well, why can't you have both? I'm like, well, I guess you can't have, I mean, everything. <laughs> job. And also, you're only strong because you left your planet. Literally all of these smart people, if they went to Earth, mm-hmm. are strong as you. So they yeah, all yeah. have both, and you are just dumb and also strong. Yeah. Good message. <laughs> Yeah, she's kind of like, she's like tough break kid, but, you know, what are you going to do? Cry about it? 
Kevin, I have a, an interesting question that I just thought of. Like, what if like a bodybuilding strong Salean left Salea? Like, would they just be able to lift, you know, the slightly more that uh, Alara would be able to on her planet? Or would it be like exponential when she got to another planet, when they got to another planet? Well, that's interesting because as we've seen uh, earlier in the episode that uh, muscle mass and bone density, they don't really show on the physical form. So I'm trying to just like imagine what a Salaam bodybuilder would look like. And I'm just kind of look, just like imagining maybe maybe the guy that maybe the realtor was a bodybuilder, you know, <laughs> but we just don't know. Um, so what would I say? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, probably maybe be able to lift uh, – God, I, it, like, okay, how do we, I gotta break out the math here. So say <laughs> you're a human and you lift like 200 pounds, right? And then right. a bodybuilder can lift like 400 pounds. So that's mm -hmm. about two times as my, I'm the amount there. So I'm going to go ahead and say that, say if Alara can lift up uh, like one car, uh, then the bodybuilder can lift up two. This is getting into numbers territory, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of dancing with the devil here. I'm <laughs> i got to back out of this one. Um, also, I have to go. Uh, please, 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 please give me the captain's kiss. Please, 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 please. I really feel like I earned it and I deserve it. Um, and even if I'm not here when you say it, you know, it'll still mean so much to me. Please give me the captain's kiss. All right. I will definitely take that into consideration. Ooh. And I feel bad for the time when uh, you were gone and we, we couldn't hear you. Mm. Yeah. It was her fault, though, so I wouldn't really give that to her, uh, give her credit for that. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Miranda. They, they get back to the ship. Alara goes back for a minute, but she has decided, you know, she has missed too much time with her family. Now that her dad... Um, doesn't think her job is stupid. Uh, she wants to spend time with them and get to know them again. Uh, she no longer wants to be on the Oroville. Um, not, but she loved everyone on the Oroville, the family she got there. But uh, it's time for her to meet her real family, and you know, mm -hmm. yeah, it has nothing to do with the people on the ship. That's what you want no. to make very clear. Like you guys yeah. are all good. You're great, even you know. Mm -hmm. And but I just. I found, and you were my family, but now I'm realizing that I actually do have a, a, a real family. <laughs> so I have to go. I, I kind of wonder if uh, this, this storyline is, is a mirror of what happened in real life. Like, <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that Halston, Sage, and uh, Seth broke up and they're no longer a dating couple. Maybe she just decided she wanted to go spend more time with her actual father. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's probably not that much older than Seth, really. But. Yeah. She's like, I'm, I need to stop being with my spaceship dad and be with my real dad. <laughs> yes. But this felt, I mean, of course, I'm so sad that Alara is leaving the show. It, it tears me up inside. But then on the other hand, it's so vindicating after we've been saying for so long that she's not going to be in season two. Um, and yeah. you know, she was there in the first three episodes. It, it seemed like, uh, Seth was saying, no, she's, she's here for good. But then it finally happened and it, and it was just like, uh, just a real, like, suck it planetary union, suck it the Orville yes. podcast. Like you guys uh, are idiots. This we're is, smart. 
Yeah, this is our victory lap for sure. This is super devastating for me because this is my only episode I've ever seen, and she was essentially the only character in it. And yes. now she's gone. Like I didn't get to meet wow. anyone else. I like the, as far as I'm aware, the show is about her. <laughs> yeah, if, <laughs> if, if this is all, if this is all you've seen, then it's like yeah, the show revolves around this woman, and then there's some guy who comes in and saves her every now and then, named Orville. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, good luck sustaining that now that she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if this is how you jumped in, then you know you're you're going to be very disappointed the next step, or you may think that this was just like a made-for-TV movie about uh, this girl who, <laughs> you know, a lot of implied backstory uh, <laughs> to start off. <laughs> yeah, it, it did kind of have that feel. What did you make of the 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 present she gave Captain Orville at the end, Mark? Oh, I, let me see. I was. <laughs> do you remember it a lot so i'm trying to remember she what she, what did she give him i don't remember well she he gave him cur- a jar of pickles oh no i, I well i i didn't even see that <laughs> yeah it didn't, it didn't well, what do you well what do you as someone who's never seen the show what do you make of that <laughs> um i is it a rick and morty yes <laughs> She's like, goodbye, Seth. Pickle Rick. You can do anything. Be like... She's like, Pickle Rick, get swifty. I'm out, bitches. Right. Yeah, they, well, they didn't know, but they probably both have Pickle Rick tattoos. Yeah. So I admired a, that they had the balls to just do an A story and you know, devote a full 48 minutes to just <laughs> plot line. I feel like a lot of these hour long shows try to have multiple sort of simultaneous plots. It's like, you know, do you not trust your story enough? Like, yeah. And, and honestly, most of the shows that do have a B story, most of the episodes that do, cause they do that in this and they have like B and C stories and they are like the worst episodes. Like they have a, like it, it's like normally it's like okay this is getting a little boring let's go out to the other guy it's like no this is all boring and we're just going like boring place to boring place with like in, like stupid stories and then half the time they don't even like really meet up at the end you know and it's just but so i actually liked this singular uh like storyline and it was like a home invasion story i was like oh this is actually kind of interesting you know like this guy's when he says sticky, I want you, he's like, the ladle is dirty. Uh, use something. And he's like, I'm sure I have another spoon. He's like, no, I want you to use your hand. I was like, what is happening right now? Like, this is actually kind of good. Well, it's truly weird. Yeah. But now, Kevin, just to clarify for the listeners, when you say on other shows, like other episodes, it goes from a boring A story to boring B story. You mean other show, other like TV shows, right? Not other episodes. Yes, other. When I say when I'm referring to the when I'm talking about the Orville, and I say you know, like in other episodes, I'm talking about completely (laughs) different shows. I'm not talking about the Orville. I should clarify that. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, because, of course, every episode of the Orville is better than the one preceding it. Yeah, well, and this one was the best one yet. <laughs> Definitely. Just, just by, those, by that law that we established. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, so then there's a big heartfelt scene um, where Alara says goodbye to each of the, uh, well, you know, each of the six people that are in any given episode. Um, yeah. Not the hundreds of other people that are on the ship. Yeah, but there was, uh, like, I, I think four of them came out of one ship, and then two of them came out of another. And I was like, I don't think you guys were there on the same day. I think maybe you guys came out of the ship, and you guys came out oh, of the Oh, maybe so. It's a little behind the scenes. You know, they were stretching it all over that one. Yeah. You know, I was really disappointed in the character of Josh, um, who is Alara's, you know, ex-boyfriend, of course. They couldn't take how strong she was. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you guys broke up, but come to the bridge and say goodbye, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Coward. Oh, yeah. whatever. He's like one of those men's rights activists or something now, probably. <laughs> probably so. It's it's very ironic that her gift to Captain Orville was a jar of pickles. Like he's never going to be able to open that now without. Yeah, her. that's that's a sweet sweet irony. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I could just imagine it and think it. Like he's like, he sees the jar and he's like, "What the hell? What the hell am I going to do with this?" Oh. Uh, well, Kevin, we talked about it a little bit before you joined us. Uh, just the amount of jokes that were in this episode. What was your favorite joke in this episode? Hmm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, okay. So people don't think it's funny, but when Seth got his legs crushed, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a little bit funny because his knees are bending the other way. And that looks a little silly to me. <laughs> yeah. That's not the way they're supposed to go. So it's kind you know? of slapsticky and yeah. uh, a little, uh, mm-hmm. a little like, rando. Yeah, it's like a bonk on the head kind of thing. But you know, like oh yeah, it hurt, but it's funny. You can't really count the elephant guy because that was kind of just a funny situation, like not really a joke. Yeah, that was uh, just like an introduction of a character. I don't think it was anything funny there about that, or you were just learning about this new species. It was actually like in really interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and you're learning. Learning doesn't have to be funny. Well, there's. It could have been a little bit of like a, like the um, workplace, like the awkward workplace humor. Show. Oh yeah. Like oh, okay. Bit of that vibe where there's not jokes, just weird interactions. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, a British like, office kind of thing. Yes. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that too. The greats like to say. I'm sure in. Uh, after life, there's lots of Orville references and whatnot, you know, or Family Guy references. This, the new Ricky Gervais show I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm trying to stay away from all media right now because I'm afraid um, there's going to be too many homages to the Orville, and I haven't yes. seen all the episodes yet, so I'm afraid they're mm-hmm. going to spoil it for me. Yeah, so, it's like you can't uh, you can't go back and watch Seinfeld now. You're like, oh, this I, I've seen this all before because Seinfeld did it so you go to watch all these other shows and you're gonna be like you go back to watch the Orville and you're gonna say oh these guys are ripping off them no Orville did it first yep yep I gotcha you kind of don't even need to watch Seinfeld anymore because because they watch it sometimes on the Orville yes but then also like Jason Alexander is the bartender 
Patrick Warburton is now the science or the uh, security officer. So it's kind of like you're already watching Seinfeld. Anyway. Uh huh. Jerry, <laughs> where are you? Hey, uh, is it, if Kramer comes sliding in through the sliding doors, hey, now oh, we so got a show. Now we got Okay. You were going to say that. You what say alien would Michael Richards be if they brought him on? Mm. Probably was, like a yeah. human with like uh, bigger ears or something. Yeah, they, it would be very nice to him. <laughs> <laughs> Although Jason Alexander and uh, Patrick Warburton, you can barely tell it's them because uh, you can only tell because of their voice. Because they have like heavy, heavy prosthetics on them. So maybe he would be some kind of uh, like a crazy alien monster guy. Yeah. Do you think that Seth, when he's like telling him... Do you think it's like, oh, I'll do your show, but I don't want people to see my face, right? <laughs> so it's almost as if they're more willing to go in and sit through like four hours of prosthetics. Because, right, like they normally you get a call from Seth, they're like, oh, it's going to be like a voiceover thing. They're like, no, well, they won't see your face, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you will still be on my show and you will be having to like do some physical acting and stuff. So maybe these guys like it better because God knows Jason Alexander is, you know, he's, he's not doing any of that little TV shit, you know? I, mean, I don't, yeah. I, look, sorry, I'm not trying to call it Orville, but, you know, he's doing Star Wars and the other guy's doing Star Wars. You know? Yeah. Well, probably by now, Jason Alexander is kind of, uh, like, he's not getting stopped as much as he was in the heyday of, like, Seinfeld and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, yes, I'll come on the Orville, but I don't want to be, you know, mobbed by Orville junkies on the yes. street every day. Free up his, like, super fame. Oh, right, my exactly. God. Yes, that's it. Uh, yeah, so I think we have uh, discussed this episode fully. Like, uh, it's time to rate the episode. Kevin, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, I'm going to give this episode uh, roughly three minutes uh, left to live, um, <laughs> which is actually a good thing because the dad's going to save the episode and it's just going to get its legs broken. And But that, of course, equals to a perfect score. Uh, and it's the best episode I've ever seen of anything <laughs> ever. <laughs> Yeah, so three minutes out of three minutes, perfect episode. Yep. Two out of two broken legs. <laughs> yep. Uh, how about you, Mark? What would you give this episode? Well, I think I'll give it a three out of three as well, um, except I'm going to give it three out of three jokes. Uh-huh. <laughs> perfect number of jokes for a, uh, a sensible comedy show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One and a half per uh, half hour block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Got it something to... Something to ease you into the commercial breaks. <laughs> if you want a, like a really joke-dense show, then you'll go watch A Family Guy or American Dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, you want to let the joke simmer in uh, kind of like the sauce. Yes, yes. In the Orville. Well, that sauce was not simmering. It was at a high, high <laughs> It was at a rolling boil, I would describe it. Uh, yeah. Uh, personally, I'm going to give this five out of five burnt fingers in the sauce. Perfect <laughs> episode. Uh, I really loved it. That, that scene on the beach when she's riding the horse, uh, the Evic, whatever it's called. And it's like so short, but I'm like, oh, this is like the best shot thing on, on the, in the history of this show. <laughs> is this 
like less than five seconds, like slow motion scene. It was like the best cinematography they've ever done. So shout out to that, whoever the DP was or whatever on that. Yeah, I didn't happen to be looking at the screen during that scene. Like, was she riding an alien creature? Yeah, she's like riding it up and like as if she was riding a horse down like a, a beautiful beach. Like it was just oh, like yeah. a, you know, and like the, you know how the special effects can be sometimes, I don't know, they just have this little like kind of off look to them, like uh, in the best way possible, of course. Uh, this one, it actually looked like, like well done, very well done, uh, like usual, but I'm just very, this one very hit it on the head this time. Yeah. So shout out to that moment, that five seconds. Well, I think in, in those moments, they're they're kind of going for that look because it's, you know, so much of the show is based on aliens, alien mm-hmm. planets and stuff like that. They want it to look a little disconcerting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want you to be like, is this, uh, <laughs> what's going on here? Who Who's who's in charge? <laughs> who's in charge of the set work here? That's a, you know, you give you that little off feeling where you're like, who are you paying to do this? Yeah. Yes. Uh, other podcasts, I don't really have anything to say to them except for, um, you were wrong. We were right. Like, I I don't know if you also said that Alara was not going to be on season two. Um, but I assume you probably didn't because, uh, you're all really bad at being podcasters and you say the wrong thing and you're also criminals. And you can't see the forest through the trees and you're, (laughs) and you're brainwashed and they're programming you to think these things and really if you just kind of step outside the matrix you'll be able to notice this stuff like us and this goes back to of course to dr lemming and derma which we are still heavily taking uh (laughs) in in case anybody has been wondering about that Miranda and tim aren't here at the moment so i would just say if you want to go to me or greggy for your uh (laughs) red ganoderma just come to us yes we've got it i was gonna say i'm pretty much off of every other beverage i only drink Ganoderma now. Yeah, well, I mean, coffee, tea, but it's it's Ganoderma. It's not coffee and it's not tea. It's just Ganoderma. Uh, looking at tweets about the Orville. Uh, let's see. Protozoa at Protozoa1. Uh, he, he tweets... At Tom Constantino, at Adrian Pilecki, at Scott Grimes, at Seth McFarlane, at John Kassar, at The Orville, at Star Trek, at Mike Okuda, at Jonathan Frakes, at Brent Spiner, at Marina Sirtis, in parentheses, he says, I swear, this is the only time I will tag this many people. He says, immortalizing the two most important shows in the world. And it's a picture, uh, He's he's got uh, tattooed on his arm. Uh, Two Star Trek badges and the Orville, the Orville's logo, uh, the mm. Planetary Union logo. So Protozoa, great job. That's a great tattoo. You're going to want to remember the Orville for the rest of your life, definitely. Yeah, definitely send us that stencil and I'll get it to my guy and I'll have one of those pretty much ASAP. Uh, Mark, like what kind of a Orville tattoo are you thinking of getting? This was the only episode I've seen, and I was not looking at the TV for a lot of it. So I think I feel like I missed a lot of possible uh, like iconography. Mm. Yeah, you should really probably just get Alara's family on your back. You know what I might do is I might get a, a digital timer, like a huge digital timer on my. Mm. Have it say four twenty. <laughs>
I have four minutes and 20 seconds left before my legs get crushed. Yes, because you're going to be so high. Your legs are going to be like jello. <laughs> I would probably get Alara's family like a death row record style on my back. Yes. Maybe a, maybe a, a Last Supper. Uh, mm. where, but uh, of course, instead of Judas, Kelly would be in the place of Judas. Yes. <laughs> and she's over there and she's making the evil sauce, the Salean sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, Mark. You've never seen the show before. Do you know why Kelly is so evil? I don't think they've even said it on this episode. Oh my god. I'm sure I know who Kelly is. They're, try- <laughs> they're trying to whitewash Kelly's sins. Yes. And it's making me sick. Season 2 is trying to erase mm-hmm. the fucking vindictive, evil, conniving. Oh, just... I, don't, I, don't, I hate saying this word, but the bitch... That she is. They're trying to erase it. I, I can see like why they would want to because it's hard to tell a story where it makes sense that they would you know willingly have such an evil person on the ship as Kelly. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's like it. You gave her this uh this character trait. You, you yes. have to deal with it. You wrote this. You should have killed her off in episode three <laughs> or some shit. You know. Instead, here we are saying goodbye to Alara. The only one who's ever, well, not the only one, but like she's the only, like she's better than Kelly, you know? Mm-hmm, definitely. <laughs> the most important person on the show. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Well, in this episode, definitely. In this episode, yeah. I mean, and even then, I still wouldn't say she's the most important person in this episode because Seth is in this episode at some point, so. Yeah. Uh, Kelly is the second in command. Uh, having watched this episode, you can probably not place her or, you know, picture her face or anything white lady who didn't have any prosthetics or anything so. yeah yes, she's yes, the, the second one to hug uh alara she was saying goodbye if you were counting which if you yes. had them labeled by number in the order yes. they hugged she is the second one <laughs> when she didn't fully cry but she seemed like a little quivery about the whole mm-hmm. scene yeah mm-hmm. yeah she, she was smiling inside i think that's player right well I think, I think she's a textbook psychopath she doesn't actually feel anything inside so mm-hmm. she tries yeah. to fake it as best she can uh in episode one of season one uh mark kelly directed, directed by on, john favreau yes directed by Jan, john favreau of iron man swingers etc not the pod save america guy the other john favreau <laughs> uh anyway yeah so kelly cheated on captain orville they were married at the time uh, with an alien, and uh, so they got divorced. And but then she somehow ended up the second in command here on the ship. Crazy circumstance. Like only only something that a true psychopath could kind of finagle, like her way back onto the ship with her ex husband. Like what kind of evil strings did she pull that we didn't see? That's just only left for you to imagine as a viewer. It must have been some dark shit because the military does not like to have people in direct command over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's a good point yeah yeah and this is the military mark understands his show now <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see damien at damien 666 says at halston sage wish you all the best with all future endeavors however i will truly miss your shining light as alara on hashtag the orville the universe is a little darker without you i hope one day we are fortunate enough to see you portray the awesome alara once again 
She's still absolutely. Thank you, da- Damien six six six. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yes, Damien six six six. Love you and everything that you wrote there. She uh, she will be missed, and uh, I think they're going to do on the show. Maybe they're going to take her prosthetic ears and forehead and give it the old Viking funeral. Well, you would think that, but uh, Mark actually. Mark actually shared a little bit of a spoiler earlier. And to be honest, when I was looking for tweets, I, I actually saw it uh, online as well. But uh, coming up very soon, they're going to replace her with uh, another w- woman from Salea that looks like almost uh, very, very similar. Oh, to yeah. I've seen I've seen this woman floating around the internet. She looks I don't like I do not like her. <laughs> well, that's one way to stretch your uh, effects dollar is to be able to reuse the same prosthetics when you let one person go from the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of seems like they just so coldly replaced her with the same person, same type character. Uh, we'll see. Look, she's got some big shoes to fill. Huh? Definitely. Uh, laughing Bill at laughing underscore Bill says at Seth McFarlane. Ha ha ha. Buried deep in the re- recesses of Walmart are the origins of the Krill's hatred Towards the human race, hashtag the Orville. And uh, he's got a picture of a uh, Spring Valley brand krill oil. Bill, <laughs> you are so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great source of omega-3. Um, but you got to imagine if, if uh, the krill ever found out about that, they'd be really angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Bill, be careful. Now, Mark, of course, you've you've never seen another episode, so you don't know. But the krill are kind of the bad guy species of uh, the Orville, and are they're based on krill from Earth, little tiny shrimps? No, they're kind of like humans, but like uh, they've got like weird white heads. Well, then I think the krill oil that guy found is not the same thing. <laughs> well, maybe not, but. I think it was, he was just doing a little bit of a joke, probably. Oh, yeah. Well. You, you also don't really know how uh, these ships run. I think the Orville runs on mushroom spores. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I think that's what they said about the Orville. <laughs> so you never know, buddy. Uh, well, that was all our segments, I think. Uh, Mark, well, thank you so much for being on the show. About uh, the captain's kiss, is that a thing? Oh, right, right, right. That's the final <laughs> segment. So uh, every week, because we do do this podcast every week, uh, I select one of the one of my co-hosts here to receive the captain's kiss award, a very prestigious award uh, that that just uh, recognizes the great work that uh, each of my co-hosts has done. Um, of course, only one can get it, so not necessarily oh. each, but... I, I Can I just play this? Uh, I have a little audio clip I want to play for you real quick. Oh, yes, please. Greetings, Planetary Union. It is I, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And as I look through the billions and billions of stars in infinite space, and I touch women inappropriately on stage, I think Kevin should get the captain's kiss. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I mean, he's canceled, but he, uh, I should have seen it coming. One, one thing to consider is whether any of your co-hosts actually were on the entire time. 
that's a good point yeah there was only uh one co-host so far this week that has been here through thick and thin from the start to the finish wow it's somehow become kind of a long episode we're like a an hour 40 minutes at this point hmm yeah i've got to think it over of course miranda did give a really strong case for why she should receive it um i don't really remember her reason but uh something about leaving early and also ducking out for like five minutes (laughs) yeah uh well i think having considered things fully and uh thought about you know how i feel about tim for not being here i think it's got to go to neil degrasse tyson thank you so much for making that great clip for kevin like what Well, it's just a thrill to get such a celebrity on the That's on fair. The That's a huge get. You know yeah. what he said about what he did to women, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Okay. It was a different time. Hey, separate the, the scientists from the whatever, the science, yeah. I guess. If outrage culture has gone so far that they would drag... Neil deGrasse Tyson, the greatest scientific mind in America. They're trying to drag me. They're trying trying to drag me across all the beaches in all the world. And the amount of sand on all those beaches does not even equate to the amount of stars in the universe. (laughs) Wow. I didn't know you had more clip. (laughs) Yeah, that was, he sent me that right after I, because he calls me whenever someone's trying to cancel. And he kind of let events. <laughs> yeah, so, and and the for the first part about the captain's kiss, he doesn't even really know about this. He was <laughs> he was saying he wants to give me. He calls himself the captain. He wants to give me the captain's kiss. <laughs> are are you interested in receiving that from him, or is that like a further cat cancel? Well, I mean, if you are giving him the captain's kiss, and then he gives me, I guess technically, transitive property. I I'm receiving it from you, so. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that works. So, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, here you go, buddy. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Uh, yeah, folks, thanks for listening. Kevin, thank you for coming. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, Mark, of course, thank you so much. Oh, it was Uh, a pleasure. And now I've got a new favorite show. Yeah, I would say definitely check out some of the other episodes because you missed out on so much of the deep world building and lore that they've built up on this show so far. I'm excited to get into it. Yep. Thanks, guys. And, um, you know, to all our listeners out there, keep listening, you know, stay strong. And if you feel weak, imagine you're on the moon lifting a car. (laughs) The most astounding fact is the knowledge that the atoms that comprise life on Earth, the atoms that make up the human body, are traceable to the crucibles that cooked light elements into heavy elements in their core under extreme temperatures and pressures. These stars, the high-mass ones among them, went unstable in their later years. They collapsed and then exploded 
scattering their enriched guts across the galaxy. Guts made of carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, and all the fundamental ingredients of life itself. These ingredients become part of gas clouds that condense, collapse, form the next generation of solar systems. Stars with orbiting planets. And those planets now have ingredients for life itself. So that when I look up at the night sky, and I know that, yes, we are part of this universe, we are in this universe, but perhaps more important than both of those facts is that the universe is in us. When I reflect on that fact, I look up. Many people feel small because they're small and the universe is big, but I feel big because my atoms came from those stars. <laughs>